nitrate power. You're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on. You know the number. Welcome to the Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of 1900 Hot Dog, America's last anything website. Uh, all of modern media is collapsing, but baby, treating us just fine. Come find the finest and only human comedy writers uh, left alive at 1900 Hot Dog. Uh, Patreon.com slash 1900 Hot Dog. Support us yeah, as we are slowly eaten by robots. We need we need your support. I'm Robert Rockway, and I'm doing it. I'm one of three special contestants who actually made it into this podcast. With me is my comedy partner. He puts the ace in space and the ass in this podcast. It's Sean, baby. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been assured by several terrible actors that I am in space and the walls are shaking a little bit. So I'm pretty convinced. I can hear somebody laughing outside, but I figured that's probably space laughter. It's just normal outer space star laughter. <laughs> and our guest today, who I'm starting to think isn't really a former KGB hitman, Gareth Edwards. Yeah, nice to be back and be putting another, what, two hours more thought into this entire show than the writers ever did. <laughs> and anybody collectively involved, except for the special effects crew, which we'll get to, but apparently, <laughs> apparently they put several million dollars of effort into this thing. Uh, we are doing Space Cadets again. Uh, before we get into the rest of this god-awful show, uh, Gareth, where, where can people find more of you? Yeah, so uh, I have a tech history column over at Every, so every.io, um, so there's a tech history newsletter, um, and I do weird stuff on YouTube and Twitch as well, gaming and uh, history bits, uh, history of TV and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, and that just does Garius the Brit, and you'll find me on YouTube, on um, Twitter and Blue Skies Garius. Nice, fantastic. Sean, where can they find more of me? Oh, uh, Robert Brockway can be found um, in his uh, best-selling book, Carrier Wave, along with the hilarious and enduring, illustrious comedy website, 1900hotdog.com. <laughs> fantastic. And if you need more Sean, baby, you won't believe this. It's 1900hotdog.com <laughs> or the Dog Zone podcast, which, wait, that's this one. Oh. That's the one we're doing right now. So Sean, baby, still going. twist to this. Is that, is that the twist? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the twist it was all fake you've been in this podcast the whole time you haven't left this podcast right right we've mentioned this 70 times during our testimonials we knew the whole time we've been trying to tell you <laughs> uh we did part one last week we're still talking space cadets which is the 2005 british reality tv prank series hosted by a, a man named johnny vaughn who's who we all agree seems like brick uh, <laughs> for no reason we can really specifically place just just a general I have vibe. some specific oh. things in my notes where I can prove he's a prick okay fantastic I'm glad we'll get there I'm always I'm all about like having a gut feeling about somebody and then somebody justifying it and I'll be like yeah I was right I was right <laughs> to do that that snap judgment uh, Space Cadets is a show about taking everyday uh, Brits and making them think they're on some kind of reality show not telling them what it is sending them to brutal training in a, in a Russian prison. Let's just call it what it is. Uh -huh. It's a prison. And then uh, blasting them into space only uh, without ever actually leaving 
Ipswich is, is where it actually takes place in Britain. So they steal a month of their lives and exchange it for just brutal physical and mental torture. And then at the end, they say it was all for nothing and you get to do it again. Because <laughs> the prize is you get to go for real this time to the real space camp, which I'm sure you don't have conflicted feelings about now. And you win enough to buy uh, a midsize sedan. <laughs> but prank. only the ones who actually make it to space. A fantastic prank. Uh, what a wonderful prank. It's like if we the Truman off. Show was 14 weeks long and at the end they just kicked Jim Carrey in the dick. <laughs> or if they kicked him in the dick constantly throughout the whole time. Right. And at the end they were like, ah, sorry, it was for nothing. Like, I know. I knew. I, know, I was whole, telling you. The whole time. Why is this movie 14 weeks long? <laughs> Everyone you know is laughing at you constantly from now on and scamming you. <laughs> yep. and scamming you because what you've really done they psychologically tested all of these contestants to make sure they were the most gullible and trusting people alive uh, so now everybody in Britain knows that like this dipshit will believe anything and they have uh, quite a bit of money well a modest amount of money coming out of this every single no one money. of them has at least six Microsoft support packages bought now <laughs> <laughs> yes that's who you're dealing with that's the kind of person you have self-selected for and then spent millions of dollars and hundreds and hundreds of man hours trying to fool them only to not ultimately not <laughs> really fool them. To be fair, after they figure out it's a prank, they just get fooled again. They're like, no, 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 no. What are you, what are you talking about? It's not a prank. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. That seemed a little weird that this opened up. Oh, the whole studio is a, is a spaceship. Okay. okay. So we are in space. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, <laughs> so we left off with Penis Gate, where uh, where Paul, our our trusting dog of a man, uh, drew a little penis on Carrie, who genuinely wants to be an astronaut's paper. And they had a very polite argument that the producers really tried to make more than it was. Uh, and not, nothing ultimately happened of this because this is a terrible show executed poorly. But we are going to start with Christmas in Space. Is that a snowflake? Floating past the window of my rocket Is that love I can feel In my space suit pocket Is that Rudolph riding past On a meteorite There are tears in my eyes But it's not because my straps are too tight It's because it's Christmas in space the moon has got to smile upon her face. Santa Claus is wearing the Van Allen belt. And the nose cone of my rocket has started to melt. That was Charlie. Uh, he's the actor. They, they have had... A that wasn't Morrissey? <laughs> you can't prove it wasn't Morrissey. I might have been a Morrissey cover. It sounds like him. Uh, Charlie is one of the plants. There have been plants the whole way. He's the only one left that's actually going to space with them. I have complicated feelings about this moment. It's kind of cute. It's not funny, but it's kind of cute. Right. right? But a real hot crowd. They really were giving him a lot of, uh, a lot just, of laughs. Yeah. He maybe it's didn't also earn, like Just but. again, reinforcing that all of them are just fundamentally nice people who shouldn't be pranked in mm -hmm. any way. Yep. Well, what this, how they present this in the show is, of course, like, this is quirky, this is funny, but also they frame it like... This is yet another hint that they're not what they seem. That things are not what they seem. Can you believe they're falling for this song by Charlie? 
Yeah, it seems like a, I didn't like a goofy song. understand that at all. Yeah, like there's a weird vibe from the show. They're like, haha, we just gave them a clue and they ignored it. And you're like, what the fuck would the clue be? Then he wrote a kind of funny song in an afternoon when he's cooped up with nothing else to do uh, for five fucking days. After they've given him the cover story that he's a poet. Uh, yeah, right. that he's a poet. Nobody said he was a good poet. Like, I don't know. This is a, a cute thing to do when you're fucking out of your mind with boredom after being five days. They act like it's- I just, hold on. I like the idea of like, like taking this moment and then like reliving it three weeks from now when they say, hey, it's all a prank as if they're going to be like, my God, that's, you mean the song wasn't real? Like, the, like there's no prank here. <laughs> it's nothing. There's no, tw- <laughs> there's no reveal or twist. But it's also unnecessarily wholesome because what happens is it's like yeah. they always just start writing poetry and letting their feelings out. And it's like, you can almost hear the producers going, no, no, that's not what you're meant to, mo- you're meant to do. You're meant to mock him. Mock him, please. Yeah, right. Like, I'm not sure what you were supposed to, what you were getting out of this here, but like acting like it was a clue. Because what, what if somebody, what if Paul at that minute had gone like, wait a minute. This is all fake. And then just in a mad berserker rage, like kicked down the wall and went running through the studio. Like it was the song. The song gave it. No, like what's your end game? There's nothing. There's nothing here except for the fact that you took Christmas away from these people to do this, <laughs> which I did not realize until just now, until this song. Yeah. Oh, it's filmed That's over Christmas. Up. It's like, it we're going to fake you out and destroy your memories of Christmas forever. <laughs> Take your holiday. They could have filmed it any time during the year. <laughs> Specifically for Christmas, put them in a hot box with like five other people for for five straight days and shook it around, and you shook it madly the whole time. It's it's not and even it, the coldest time of the year in in, in Ipswich. If you were going to do it, you do it in you do it now. You do it early January. Like that's when you should film it, not December. They just did it for cruelty. They have to. Uh, yeah. So back in the in the last episode, Johnny talked up how big a hurdle the plausible explanation for weightlessness is, and how clever they are for skirting it. Which is to remind everyone, he said that you just weren't getting high enough. They were barely high enough to achieve orbit. They might feel like lessened gravity. And then because that didn't get the reaction, they said, okay, we can push this farther and tell them there are gravity generators. And they still didn't really have any questions. And so I don't yeah. get what the laugh is at that. Like, I get, I don't. We understand that there aren't such a thing as gravity generators. That's kind of dumb that you didn't call that out. Like, that's a failure in the educational system. But. They don't do anything with that. There's no malfunction that they where they suddenly just like launch the the whole shuttle simulator into the air to make them achieve zero gravity real quick. Like there's no yeah. there's no beat to this. Like it doesn't Yeah, it pissed me off because um when I was watching the first part when they just said, Oh, just don't go above the Carmen line, so you're gonna have and, and I was like, Okay, so it's not like they're telling them they have a gravity device. And then later they tell them they have a gravity device. And I'm, I'm just pissed off by like the inelegance of that. Like the people making the show forgot, but also how they have selected people who don't know what gravity devices are. Like they asked all these people before they started the prank, Hey, do you know about this anti-gravity device? And they're like, what, what are you talking about? And they're like, okay, cool. You're in. Ha ha. Pranked. <laughs> and the conditions. But they like, do, it, they do it later again by kind of dropping in the name of the airbase the whole thing's filmed on. But like they explicitly said the two things they selected for were people who didn't yep. know anything about <laughs> space or military bases. Right. You, yes. I'll, I'll give an example of, of how this kind of works. And it's the, the, old, the old ancient at this point 
Jay Leno, like man on the street sketches where he'd go and just find anyone on the street and ask them a question and they'd make an ass out of themselves with something they didn't know about. That sucks, but that's a prank because it's mm-hmm. it's just selecting cold out of nothing. You had a chance to do it. Sure. This is like finding one of the uncontacted tribes people on Sentinel Island and then kidnapping them and throwing them, like waking them up on a plane and being like, what's that out there? What's that out there? They're like, once they panic, you're like, that's the prank. I'm like, no, they don't know. They don't know anything. <laughs> they don't know this yeah. to, to make this a prank. There's nothing. The only thing in no their brains, game. the only thing in their brains is the stuff that you have taught them, which is deliberately false. <laughs> yep. You make the good point that it's like the difference between a psychic cold reading where you're like, ooh, this psychic is good at, you know, tricking this person into thinking they're talking to their dead grandma versus like going on someone's Facebook and learning the name of their dead grandma and the date they died, go running up to them and say, I know when Gertrude died. You know, like it's, it's just like one is kind of interesting and the other one is like yeah. should be criminal. It's just stacking the deck so much in your favor. I, I yeah. like the way Rainey, one of the other actors who they're still they're still on the ground in their fake Russian training camp at this point with their their actor plants going through the training. And Rainey says in her testimonial, I think you could tell this group anything about space and they believe you. <laughs> and then after a very long yep. pause, she says, I would also believe you. <laughs> yeah. But she's the actress, right? Yes. She is. Okay. She, is but she puts absolutely <laughs> zero effort into it for the whole show. Like she is just yes. coasting through the whole thing. Charlie's going, I've got to do well with here because I have a future career to think about. And Rainey's just like, meh, people are paying for my food for a month. It's fine. <laughs> She might have disrupted the show more than anything else, though, because there was a, a scene where they're teaching them how to go potty in space, and they go. Uh, the lady asks, "Hey, are there any smells that somebody likes or somebody doesn't like?" And she says, "Yeah, the fucking black guy." And everyone's like, "What the shit?" And the and uh, the black uh, Andrew, he's like, "Yeah, what." fuck you, I hate you too. And he's like, that's messed up. You can't tell people that they stink on TV. It's like this <laughs> weird ball busting joke that maybe you do for your little brother, but not for a guy you just met. Uh, <laughs> it was messed up. And that's, and she's there to like, I guess cause drama, but like, shut it, shut it all down. I, I do wonder if that was the thing where they said that they had to take her aside in the room and be like, no, Rainy, not, not like that. Yeah. Not like that. I know we said yeah. we wanted it hyped up a bit, but no, just not through low level racism. Just anything I, else. Right. You're giving him so much credit because I think that was a producer note. I think somebody was like, okay, penis gate was nothing. We need yeah, some drama need in here. Up. Tell yeah. Andrew he stinks. And she's like, all right. Went ahead and did it and was like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. The racial thing. No, I got another space racist now. Yes. <laughs> Spacist. Uh, <laughs> so so we're in we're doing all these diaries, these all the actors are doing testimonials. Uh Charlie is in there going about talking about how easy it is to fool all these people, how unnecessary all of their bits are. And then Paul comes in after them and he talks about how he's struggling with the homework, which is 80% actual like science homework, at least right. like high 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 school level homework. And then he gives a little testimonial uh, about how badly he wants this. Not badly enough to study, but pretty badly. I do have that <laughs> clip. And he makes one excellent point here. I think you'll all spot it. I know I'm never going to be a rocket scientist or a brain surgeon, but I want to be an astronaut. It's like, should I fucking revise so much to a point where I like I'm just constantly not enjoying myself? Or is this supposed to be fun? It's supposed to be a... Um, a holiday 
where I go up into space. It's a TV programme. There ain't much fun watching people studying. Hang on, quick, get... Stop stop making the tea, quick, get in there. Quick, 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 look! Look, bit us past a pen to Paul. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. <laughs> you might uh, notice this has been exactly what I want to say three of the entire middle episodes are, is just watching yeah. them study. Uh, Paul has the producer note that would have saved this show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but it, it's a good note. It's a really good note, and it's again, it's another one of like you controlled the edit. You didn't have to show that mm-hmm. bit where he just absolutely nailed the problems of your entire show. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to show any of this. You could have just evo- <laughs> you could have avoided this entire problem, but also you didn't have to show the bit where the stupidest guy here pins your exact problem to the wall and just fucking hammers yeah. it in like Martin Luther. Just bam, right here. This is the problem. <laughs> it's not impossible that the editor specifically hated the producers of the show and was intentionally making the worst show possible. Because there's yeah. a lot of supercuts of people like spotting the prank, and I that, I feel like that's yeah. specifically what you wouldn't include if you were a good editor. But there are, and there aren't. It's like after a while, you spot that it's the same five supercuts each time. Yeah. So it's like true. they try and make a big thing of oh they're all on the verge of guessing this, and then you realise that actually each of them has been once on the verge of guessing it, and they're now just mm. desperately repeating the same scenes over and over again. I well yeah, I would argue several of them have not been on the verge, but have guessed it exactly, and we will get to, <laughs> yes. we will get to that point to an uncanny degree that I don't know I would have guessed it, and they're still like. <laughs> Part of what I love is that after everyone guesses it, they pause. For a while and look around like are balloons gonna come down like uh, right are we done i guess i guess <laughs> like, i didn't guess it i guess i, I yeah. guess that wasn't it because even paul knows how to land this show better than the producers do <laughs> he's sitting <laughs> the golden retriever has solved the problem better than its owner i mean he's saying why would this possibly be a prank show when there's so much boring shit here yeah like that's not fun like it, it, no that's not the the conclusion anyone would come to after you decided this is a prank is no, that's fucking crazy. No one would do that. That's no. We'll have that almost word for word from I think it's Louise later. Uh, yeah. Johnny talks about the the spacesuits they got. They got these secondhand spacesuits, which are actual real spacesuits, uh, and how they act. They completely reek of piss, as he notes. Yeah. Which uh, I guess makes sense because we're gonna do the diaper scene next. Brick, one of their rocket scientists. Brings in, uh, uh, I believe, what he calls an astro nappy, and empties like a whole can of beer into it to show them, like, you could really go to town in this thing. And Billy, Billy, uh, God, it's so hard to specify what makes Billy a different idiot than Paul. Uh, <laughs> I think he's just had things a little easier. Like, maybe I, I get the sense that maybe Paul's idiocy has caused more problems in his life than Billy's. Yeah, that makes sense. I think Paul, Billy's Paul's a bit more self-aware of it, I think. Yeah, like... I think he knows he's kind of a dope, whereas Billy would never believe you if Paul, you told Paul him. knows he's a Labrador, whereas Billy thinks he's a Rottweiler. Yeah, Billy Billy yeah. thinks he's some sort of born leader. Uh, <laughs> That's true. He volu- Okay, he volunteers in, to go in, in the spandex bodysuit and diaper. Uh, they, they make a big deal of saying, like, look at this bodysuit. Can you believe they think this is real? We actually got it from a fetish website. And then Johnny admits it's actually exactly like the one they really use. <laughs> the fuck are yeah. you doing? 
so fucking stupid. <laughs> Just gone. It's all it, the energy's weird too. Like you put people in a form-fitting lycra suit, and it, it's going to get a little sexual. But like, I feel like the set designer and, and the astronaut trainers are getting a little too flirty with the ladies. Yeah, uh, and also I feel like that's diffused a little bit when the you're wearing this skin-tight suit over a really big dumpy over, diaper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they don't know that. They like they make them go through yoga and exercises, and the camera really molests these women. Really, just drifts yeah, they over. Curve out on them. It's, it's <laughs> like, proper. It's proper early two thousands low level misogyny throughout the entire show. Let's be honest. Yeah. And I, yeah. What do you call it? Male gaze. Yeah. It's very male gazy. I'm looking back and like, yeah, you know what? The internet wasn't really in full swing. Two thousand five. Like you had you had porn. But it wasn't as as ubiquitous as it is now, so I guess I guess we were hornier, and this would do. But it does yeah. absolutely nothing. Like well, looking, I think at, if you made this show today, you're still going to put the titties on. Yeah, I, I mean, guess like two and a half hours did. later, you're getting a Shannon Tweed film on the same channel. Like, like yeah, this yeah, just <laughs> this is just like this is like a subpar X Man show, like. It's just a spandex suit and it's with a diaper and she's lunging. Like, yeah. is, that, I don't know. is that weird Fantastic Four film that never gets talked about? <laughs> yeah, like it's like whacking off to to the IP theft Fantastic Four film. The I don't Fantastic know. Diaper Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've seen Only that. they're all in diapers. Yes, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One girl totally clocks it as a prank here because when they start making them do those stretches, like she's like, oh, this is like like prank sexy like they're fucking with us yeah carrie like, it's she, carrie and she says yeah she says i'm sure they made this up so they can laugh at us at a later date i'm sure they're laughing at us now yep. and she's a hundred percent right like looking through 100% time right but i think she also is, is referring to the instructors because i think they spent way too mm -hmm. much time in the company of the instructors at this point because they always said they're, like, get, they're getting lectures for like six hours a day so as you Which say like they're all just hard. too close to each other at this point <laughs> it sucks well so to hard. be we we skipped over a point that like I think the ego of the people making this show got a lot of control because the set designer decided he had to walk among this world he created. So one of their astronaut instructors is the set designer. And he kind of seems like he's an idiot aside from being able to buy Russian groceries. So he like fucks up all these different things. Like he's he mentions that they're going to do a spacewalk and he's not supposed to do that. Then he mentions the party they're going to have and that was supposed to be a surprise. He says, oh yeah, they filmed 2001 A Space Odyssey right here in England. And they're like, Oh no, we're in Russia, remember? He's like, oh, right, right. So he fucks up about as bad as you could fuck up. Uh, and he, they didn't have to use him. They could have just got any other actor to come in and say, hi, I'm your astronaut instructor. Uh, but I think it's just he had to, he had to walk among this world. No, I have a sneaking suspicion at this point. Even the, the, the studio people would say to him, we are not giving you any more money. Like you want, oh, yeah, that's entirely possible. Because there's another the, yeah. the sound effects guy turns up again as the the Capcom dude as well. Yeah. So I, I just do. Suspect but again, that, that was such a cameo. That seemed like such a cameo that it, I took it as the same vibe. It's yeah, like these true. guys are like, oh, we've gotta, we've gotta get in this world. I think. Okay, so what part of what they done when they were casting this show? They made such a big deal out of like having nesting levels of of obscurity between each stage. Like if you were an actor that hired for this, you did not know what the part was going to be when you were auditioning. So I think because they were so bad at this, they're throwing a lot of stuff in last minute. Like I don't think the instructor mm -hmm. was any of his parts were supposed to be there because why would they plan out like six hours a day of actual classroom time the whole time? Like at some point they realize 
this sucks or somebody gets sick and you can't just go hire somebody again when you've gone to all of this ordeal. You know what I mean? To like fill a gap. Yeah. Like they would have to be vetted over a course of weeks to, sure. to meet your what might be fake standards. But according to you, according to your kayfabe anyway, they would have to be super secret. So if something if you need somebody else, it has to be Johnny Dipshit over here bringing the coffee. <laughs> He's going to fuck some shit up, which is, again, like, <laughs> what happened? You didn't build backups into your system because you're really bad at this. Because you're really <laughs> bad at this. <laughs> uh, uh, so so Ryan gets in the spacesuit and he at the end of class says, well, I'm just going to piss in this. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he, he makes a big deal. He announces it. And everybody's like, don't do that. Don't do that. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And it word gets out to Paul outside the classroom. And he goes, I want to watch Ryan go wee. They're making him wee. I don't know why. And then he runs back into the classroom to like to watch. <laughs> That's how desperate he is for anything to happen. <laughs> so every and single one of these people is exactly like someone you went to school with who was not the worst person in the class, but was in the in the lower quadrant of people you were happy to yeah. hang around with. Sure. This is like you wouldn't say they had like a mental issue, but yeah. they weren't the but one bullying you, but they were, the one hang- they were the one hanging out with the guy who bullied you. They were yeah. the one you tricked into maybe eating worms. Yeah. Like like, I want to say, I actually want to say this is probably exactly my group of friends in fifth grade if they had all just gone through a big scenario. Like, just from fifth scenario, they just wish to be adults. This is them. I've never, straight from fifth grade. That's first the casting day, director's the dream. That was grade. the first question on the on the, the casting call. Have you, Is this a big situation? Are you, uh, are you are a you child big? who got bigged? <laughs> have, you, have you been bigged? You have to tell me if you have. Have you encountered a weird fairground machine that predicts the future? <laughs> See what they answer yep. to that and then pick them based on it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't believe it. But then I woke up big. Uh, <laughs> so Johnny at this point explains uh, that everything's okay, what we're doing so far, because after the fact, after we had already isolated all of these people, we went to their families or good friends and gave they gave us full permission. <laughs> this so is a, have- uh, God. I don't know. An interesting gesture. Like I, I took it as a, okay, good, but also not enough. And does it make up for what you're doing? I took it as that after episode three, someone did knock on that door and say, "Guys, yeah, you are that's get that's sued probably it." <laughs> but it it makes so we after we've already started doing this, we told their family or just somebody that knows them. And then asked their permission to abduct these people. And they said, sure. So it's fine. <laughs> unless unless every one of these people has a legal guardian, which in a big scenario, I do believe could be true. Paul, I mean, Paul I guess definitely has a legal guardian. <laughs> yeah, he has a, he has a guardian. It is not state. the first time Paul has stood up in front of everyone and beaten a diaper. <laughs> this year. He just wants to watch Ryan do it now. I Finally, finally, I'm not the one. So they have, there's a wonderful conversation that takes place here. Uh, it's it's Louise and Sarah Jane. And Louise says she thinks the uh, the second man on the moon was Buzz Aldrin. Sarah Jane is quiet for a long time and says, well, how do we even know that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, shit. And everybody, like, you kind of laugh at it. But then everybody's just like, huh. Louise says, we don't really. It's just a theory of mine. Sarah Jane says, God. Sarah Jane says, well, whoever's in the front of the rocket 
is technically the first in space. Oh my god. <laughs> this is I love this conversation so much because every sentence gets stupider than the last and you keep thinking, I don't that can't happen. Charlie the actor, whose whole job it is to play along with this kind of thing, says, It doesn't work like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like some producers back there having an embolism. Charlie, shut the fuck up. <laughs> she let him go. Let him go, Charlie. Sarah Jane elaborates. She says, I guess it's like a dinner cue. I get my dinner first because I'm in front. And then they, they rope Paul, who's passing by into this. They're like, Paul, what do you think? Because Charlie's still like, this is so stupid. And, and obviously can't. the first thing you should do in any situation where you need an element of expertise is seek out Paul. <laughs> seek out Paul. Paul wanders by. And my favorite moment in the show happens because he's just walking by when they're having the dumbest conversation anybody's ever had while stoned. And they'd say, Paul, what do you think? And Paul instantly says, yeah, me and Billy have already had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and he agrees it's whoever sits up front. <laughs> and so they made furthermore, <laughs> furthermore, they have they've become so concerned with this situation, they've made a mutual agreement to sit on the same side so that, that it will be a tie. For them to everyone the get on each other's laps so that they're all Neil Armstrong. <laughs> And it keeps escalating. Charlie's like, okay, yeah, but what happens if I like if I'm in the back and I put my foot out? Then then I'm the first person. And I think it's Paul who's like, yeah, but it's the first person totally in space. So if my butt goes through all the way first, then that's what counts. I'll I'll be the first totally in space. It's God just a it is an Armageddon. It and then the school bell went and they all had to go to math class. <laughs> right? It's I'm saying this is this is something I had in conversation in fifth grade and then like in seventh grade. I'm like, God, we're so fucking stupid. Yeah, I feel like if you're in a conversation like this and it goes more than two minutes without someone saying, guys, it, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, uh, you need – there's no breaks on on your group. Like, you're, you're, you've got a group of all wild cards. You've got a group of all dummies. It's not going to work <laughs> out. I just love it so much. They go to rope Paul in as he's just passing by. He's just like on the way to the bathroom. And he's like, oh, yes, we have had this conversation. In fact, we have a contract. Yeah. We have drawn up. You need one dick. I, I, it sounds like a crazy thing to say, but if a dick was there, he would have shut all this down. You guys are fucking stupid is what he would have said early. And then uh, they, they wouldn't have been making yeah, And there would have been themselves. drama. Like, like, yeah, American TV is, is all dicks. Yeah. And, and this is what happens if there's no dicks and all dummies and like it's just kind of nice and like all of the cruelty is on you the producers for yeah this. yeah it's like kind of embarrassing for them but mainly it's, it looks badly on you the producers so i i do vaguely remember at the time because i you know this was this was the pure message board era so yeah. i remember being on internet message boards when this was out and on a couple of tv ones and this episode i specifically remember and this conversation being the point where every single person on those message boards went those people have to all be actors and the joke is on us yeah there is no way this conversation <laughs> genuinely happened and now people at a message board should have seen this conversation or a variation of it like a lot but I think that was the thing is you get this kind of suspicion of going, I think the guys, I think we're the joke here. The audience are the ones being pranked here because so funny. this is the kind of shit we say on a message board. It's right. not what people say in real life. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> yeah. This is like a, a thread that goes down in infamy and becomes like an inside joke on your message. Like not the, not the astronaut thing again, <laughs> every time. Uh, so they're, they're having a Christmas party. Uh, it's, as we've established, they took their holidays away from this. It's amazing. And Carrie tries to use mistletoe to kiss Val, who is their former, they say former KGB 
uh, physical trainer who mm-hmm. she has wanted from day one. She described as like Spider-Man God and the Terminator times a thousand, mm-hmm. like just instantly. So she drags him there and tries to kiss him. He is having None of it. Absolutely not. He wants no part of this. This is because Val has ethics, and Val yeah. has decided that it is unethical to uh, to uh, to basically kiss a girl. Yeah, I think scenario. he has a, a wife. I think he said he's faithful, and that that's why he didn't do it. Even if not, like I I agree that there is something unethical when you're doing when you're doing an experiment on somebody. Like I can't know if this is real. Yeah. Like maybe you only think you like me because. I'm your only anchor left to reality. Well, this is back to, I think you said it in the last episode about how many laws were broken making this. We had a very big legal thing in the UK about undercover police officers dating women and that that it was, should be illegal. Um, and this is essentially <laughs> yeah. what's happening on this show in this there's moment. Some, there's some controversy around that, you think, yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe. The, I would say they shouldn't. You should be allowed. You should be allowed. You're undercover. That's not you. It's you got to prove you're not a cop by like, Having sex with my wife while I watch. It's Jimmy. Bla- I'm Jimmy Blaze. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not me. It's a different guy. Uh, but yeah, Carrie uh, is a very sex positive girl. You can tell. Uh, yeah. Just she wants foul. She drags him into the testimonial yeah. booth, and he's like, "No, I don't. I still don't want." They're like, "Yeah, let's get playful." Like, yeah, you're molesting me at this point. Uh, Charlie recruits him for a card trick. He again wants none of it. He doesn't want to play at all with any of these people he's just trying to escape this party and charlie just the card trick is he's just gonna guess his card but uh, what's this he's gonna tell him the card ahead of time and charlie i guess thinks he independently invented this (laughs) this is how a four-year-old would invent the world's first card trick like this you know that's how that works and he does it so conspiratorially too he's like pulls him over he's like hey buddy i'm gonna tell you the name of the card and then there's a fucking tiniest little room where everyone can see and hear him He's like, I'm going to say three of clubs. Three of clubs. Can you hear? Three of clubs. Like, there's no way this wasn't overheard by at least four people. (laughs) And yet Val says, Val agrees. And then the second Charlie turns around, he's like, okay, I got to go. And he makes right for the door because he doesn't want to do it. And Charlie, master of improv, says, Val, stop. Pick a card. (laughs) And and what is an extremely weird thing to do to somebody as they're trying to leave a party? Uh, Of course it works. And he guesses three of clubs. And Carrie especially goes fucking nuts. She thinks Val has full-on psychic blast powers now. Like, he could knock down a wall with his mind. This is... She already thought he was God, Spider-Man, the Terminator times 10,000. Now David Blaine. Now it's, it's 100,000. Now he's Professor every X. Every single one of these people has seen that tr- exact trick at every McDonald's birthday party they attended at school. <laughs> yep. Every single time, and yet they still fell for it. It's so much more impressive when somebody you want to fuck does it. That's true. <laughs> it's weird how that works, how magic works like that. It's weird I how... Mean, I'm horny enough that I think most women are sorcerers. I always assume that... Isn't that the name of Sean's autobiography? <laughs> yeah. Most women are All sorcerers. ladies have magic powers. <laughs> oh, above a certain hotness, let's be clear. It's the name of my, uh, my country song. Most women are sorcerers. Uh, so... <laughs> so they're, 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 God, we're doing so much quiz time. Like, I want to reiterate at this point this what they keep, what they keep going on about, which is that, that their exams are 80% true knowledge and 20% fake. And so they made up little fake things. 
And that, yet they make them go through all of the drills, right? They make them write papers on it. They make them take tests on it. They do fun little exercises in class to make sure, like, this fact won't slip out of your mind. And, like, this is how learning works. This is established structures of, of like, how you teach anybody anything, but especially, you know, influential people. This is in your head forever. They did, yeah. they did like, a six hours a day for several weeks, two, I think two straight weeks of of lies that are mixed in with truth in a way that they will never be able to understand if you've done <laughs> yeah. six hours a day of this and 20 percent of that six hours has been fake you're not going to go back through all of that and say all of these were lies they go they do go back through and say like the funniest ones the big lies the monkey that mm-hmm. they 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 had a monkey named minsky that was the first monkey in space and that's what minsk is named after they they mark the big ones down but if you really seeded lies throughout this whole thing, which I think they did, you can't go back through and tell them. And now they have objectively false knowledge imprinted in their brains forever. That's that has to be a problem. I think it's here's my thing, though, is like uh, I talk to my mom sometimes and this is like how her brain is built. Like she's just been learning wrong things for like 40 or 50 years. It's, yeah. And and like she can't fix that. And I feel like they've in a way, uh, inoculated these people against that. Like, all the knowledge they accumulate that's going to be bad until, like, science figures something out in 2040 where it's like, oh, my God, we were wrong about all of this. Like, they'll be able to adjust to that quicker than, say, us, who are so confident in how smart we are right now. So, uh, so in a way, this might be used by educators in the future as a way to keep us from turning into our parents. I mean, counterpoint, this, this is Scientology. <laughs> yeah. Counterpoint: oh, This is okay. cult shit. This is I, absolutely. I just talked shit. myself into being a Scientologist. I guess <laughs> this is what this is what cult. Hail Zenu, listeners. <laughs> this is how this is, and like not to get too real, but this is like like with your mom. This is what Fox News does. So like, yes, there's yeah. a there's a child molesting ring in a basement of a pizza place that doesn't have a fucking basement, but you drill it and you come up with different ways to say it. And you bring on people to say it different ways, and over and over and over again, and now it's a brain wrinkle, mm-hmm. and you yes. can't get rid of. But they don't stop after three weeks of Fox News and say, hey, we've been fucking with you. Yeah, All the stuff you learned is wrong. And if they did that, I feel like it would fix our parents in a lot of ways. In indoctrination, you can add to the crimes list. This is another actual explicit yeah. crime they have committed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be a glass half full guy. Uh, but yeah, what they're doing to these people is terrible. Sean and thinks it's a, propag- it's a brain propaganda vaccine that they've invented. <laughs> like, we're going to feed you the dead result of this virus into your brain so that you can fight real propaganda later, which might work. This is also the first point from which you start to see the tick up in flat earther comments on the, on these YouTube videos. Yeah, that's got to be. I, I do believe that's probably accidental on their part. Like, I don't think they were trying to foster that. But I do think they have, beyond just making these people's lives worth, made the the culture oh, a slightly worse place yeah it's just overall. one of the many extra ways the show has, has genuinely armed the real world <laughs> <laughs> That's it's like mainly focused on the three people but it also it hurt a lot of people but it hurt a lot of people accidentally uh so we finally after the, after the christmas party we do the reveal of who goes to space there are only four spaces on the shuttle uh, and one goes to an actor the actor is charlie your other actual contestants going to space are paul uh, which, yeah, good choice. Paul's got to go up there. You got to have Paul up there with sticking his head out the window to feel a breeze. <laughs> uh, 
you know, Carrie, uh, which is the cruelest possible pick since she actually wanted to be an astronaut. Like she said yeah. that before she realized what the show was. So good job getting the cruelty right at least one time. Um, and Billy is the last, which uh, I guess this being 2005, we're lucky they picked one woman at all. Uh, and the rest are all. <laughs> no, all see, yeah. see, there's a payoff to that. There's a payoff That's to that. True. It took me ages to realize what the payoff is. And that is, I mean, it's not really a spoiler. It's that bit towards the end where you can tell that Kerry, now that she's moved on from Val, would quite like a bit of Billy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but you could have had two women in there. I guess you would have to lose Paul. You'd have to lose Paul, lose Paul and you can't lose Paul. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, well, I won't... It was 2005. You know what? We're lucky they didn't jettison her out into the sea in that plane. Like, that's fine. Uh, so they, this is, these are the ones who are going to space, and man, the ones that did believe it, because I think everybody's of two minds at this point. I think even the people that have publicly come out and said, oh, well, this is fake, are still like, when it doesn't stop, like, I guess it must be real because there's some part of them that wants it to be. A lot of them take it really hard. Uh, like like it's their dream crush, which I guess it would be. And uh, that sucks. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a one of the moment. girls goes and cries. Like, actually. Yes, cries. one of the girls yeah, goes and cries. Up. They, they towards the end, uh, once after the reveal and Charlie's out there, uh, Charlie, the actor, says, uh, they asked, you know, which parts, parts were hardest. And he was like, yeah, when we, when we chose who gets to go was, I believe he says the words, that was personally very revolting to me <laughs> that they did that. I put in my notes that this was actually a pretty good team because you have uh, the dumbest idiot, the horniest girl, the giggliest imposter, and the closest thing they have to a dick. And I feel like that's your best reality show of the choices that they had. So I was actually Possibly. like... Like, I was in favor of their choices. Yeah, that's that's um, a fair assessment, I'd say. I, I think you're right. They have they have selected a balanced super team. Yeah. I think... And they're clearly trying to get people to fucking space, and, like, I think Carrie's your best bet for that, and I think Billy's your best bet for that. And the fact that those two hooked up instantly is, uh, yeah. They were right. Yeah. I feel like uh, uh, Astrid... I feel like Astrid would have brought the emotional drama that you want from yeah. a reality show. And That's true. I f you, it was definitely like a choice between Ryan and Paul for the dopiest dope. And uh, I do think they chose correctly there. Paul's mm -hmm. great. Paul's Paul's one of the better dopes. Yeah, to, to come out of the two thousands. Uh, Ryan's the guy with the big hair, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he's uh, maybe too positive. I think Paul has that sort of uh, I don't know put upon like sad sack dumbness to him that uh, he just brings enough negative energy to it where you kind of don't mind if something shitty happens to Paul. Whereas like Dave, I'd be I'm like, oh, God, that, you guys pranked that great guy. Everyone's favorite summer camp, buddy. It's fucked up, man. <laughs> but he'd take it better. He would take sure. it better. Cause there are some truly heartbreaking moments with Paul later uh, that we'll, that we'll get into. Yeah. So, now that we're ready for the launch, we've got our crew. Uh, it, it's time for the launch, which uh, I think, I mean, I'm really trying to sum up how this goes, where you have this entire false reality uh, of a dream, I guess, these people didn't know they had, but now that they have it, they truly want it. And you're spending millions and millions of dollars to deny them that dream. <laughs> it's a complicated sort of moment to celebrate. But I think Johnny Vaughn nails it best when he said, MC Hammer had his hammer time 
Chico sadly had his Chico time. Well, it's shuttle time. Wow. Great quote. Just, just, just another example of the high quality acting and reading skills that Johnny Vaughn brings to the show. That fucking sucks. That's what you want from a host. Powerful moments. Here's what I, uh, where I noticed that he was like a legit idiot and a dick when, um, cause they had the set design or the sound engineer and he's like a real card. And he's like, I, my neighbors think I'm crazy. He's throwing cat food at his van to make it sound like meteors hitting a space shuttle to the microphones inside of it. Mm-hmm. And like his neighbors know he's a sound engineer, you know, they, they don't think he's crazy, whatever, but he's like this kind of cackling, giggling nerd who just has a lot of enthusiasm for his zany sound antics. And uh, in one of the sound clips that they use for the the uh, the package of him, he's like kind of has a cackle. And the Johnny Vaughn makes fun of this cackle like seven different times to like fucking dunk on this guy. And then he meets him. He walks right up to him and he goes like, <laughs> he's making fun of a thing this guy recorded like months ago. This guy maybe doesn't even know this is his laugh that he's doing. He's just... What the fuck is this guy doing right in my face? And then he does it again. He makes walks right up to this man and makes fun of him like a sixth grade bully. And like, I don't know. That's that's not yeah, TV. You don't stop hosting a show to go, you know, I fucking hate this guy's vibe. Look, I mean, I do it all the time, I guess. But like, this guy's supposed to be a broadcast trained professional but he is that's the problem is this is this johnny vaughn shot to stardom by being a genuinely nice and very good and very good kind of instinct presenter so mm-hmm. that they have somehow broken johnny vaughn <laughs> great <laughs> i love that maybe he was a nice person before this and then like because this takes place over at least the span of i think they said five weeks at one point and then that's not counting all the prep that I'm sure he had to uh-huh. be a part of. So when you realize this is your life for, let's say, generously, three months, at about 2.5 months, yeah, I think that's the point where you're like, fuck it, I'm the bad guy. Yep. I fuck it, I'm going to burn this place down. I thought it was so weirdly mean, to the point where the guy, the guy like, didn't even it know was he a- was getting dunked on. He's like, why, why are you screaming at me? I don't get it. And then, it, then he did. He's like, oh, that's... <laughs> but it does happen occasionally, like when they have the chat. Yeah, when they had the chat about like um about who gets in yep. space first with the is, is the one with the longest legs, and then they do a stupid visual gag with Johnny Vaughan with extended legs, and then he just mocks them for it, and you're just like, who's right? It, don't, he must be on the phone to his agent every night, going, there must be a way you can get me out of Ipswich. There must be a way. <laughs> I'm trapped on yeah. on, a, on a pretend <laughs> military base been vetted through like several obscure companies they're gonna kill me they're just gonna kill me after and this his agent's like, like johnny i can't do it man they've got a small tank <laughs> and they'll, they'll, they're prepared to use it <laughs> you're gonna be buried alive with this show like a like a servant to an egyptian emperor <laughs> so so maybe i can find a space in my heart to feel bad for johnny vaughn but it will not be this day uh i'll work on that I person. think every time I come close to feeling sorry for him, he says something stupid that makes me go, no, actually, I really don't feel sorry for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, so this guy. we go through, uh, as Sean said, what this the sound engineer is part of a package that they do going through the entire construction of, of everything that goes on here. And really what you take away from this is the scale and the amount of money that they truly did spend 
the sound engineer that Sean mentioned is part of this this package that they go through about how much they've truly put into their space shuttle simulator. And I got to give them this one thing like they put a fortune into this. They hired they bought the set from Apollo 13. <laughs> which could have been cheap. They put it on hydraulics, uh, like a lowrider, so that it will bounce and move constantly. They they put in 2005, mind you, like an basically what amounts to an IMAX projection screen of the Earth in front of this entire thing. It built it all inside of an airplane hangar. Yeah, it costs a fortune, and just got it. There had to have been several moments in the making of this where they're like they're going through line budgets and just saying, <laughs> all right, well, this is $200,000 to the guy to install, to install hydraulics on the stage from Apollo 13. What's the point of this again? To fool three three idiots, <laughs> to fool three college student idiots for a we minute. We could send to space for this amount of money. Yes. And like um, they're like, okay, and you want uh, a non-union actor to hang out for the date and pretend to be Capcom? No, fuck you. We cannot afford $280. Get the sound guy to do it. <laughs> so it's just it's so much it's so much like to go through the amount of resources like it had to occur to everybody at any point during this show like this fucking sucks well, and again doing- it's all sunk costs so like this is why they were never ever ever going to let them guess it because if they'd let them no. guess it up to this point all of this money would have been for nothing and they do they guess exactly what it is and if if you <laughs> If you had just dropped the walls when somebody guessed it, the show would have been over at like episode three. And it would have been better somebody, for it. It would have been. <laughs> <laughs> but you had to pay for all of this shit up front. So, yeah, they're never going to let it go. They're just I love that when they guess it, when somebody guesses it and it doesn't happen, that's exactly the moment where it turns into imprisonment. Like that's right. If you need a line between prank and imprisonment, when they guess the prank and you're like, no, it's not over. That's imprisonment. Yeah, that's kidnapping. Everything that's from episode four onwards is just pure gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess the show kind of summed this up around this time when, uh, like, they're walking through this fake hangar that they built to get to the, the simulated ship, and uh, Billy says, "How important do you feel now?" Like. Yeah, it's accidentally a pretty good burn because look at the lengths they went through to get this <laughs> prank to work. It's just like whether you're fake or not, it's you are very important. You're so much is riding on you as a person. So I don't know. It's more embarrassing for the pranksters than the pranked, but and that's the show. That's the whole show. <laughs> it's just God, it sounds good for one minute on paper. And somebody just committed all the way. Like every single little piece of reality. That happens in the making of the show is like, well, this sucks. So someone <laughs> walked out of that focus group room, immediately bought the simulator, and then they're like, yes, yeah, so that was one of our ideas. And he's like, oh, no, I thought we were doing that one. I've already spent yeah. four million on the simulator. Uh, I found a Russian. Can you believe it? I found one real Russian. Uh, the rest are going to have to do accents, but I found one. Good enough. He's, he's, <laughs> so, he's their jumping jack instructor. He's going to teach him how to make hot dog casserole. I salute it. It's fucking, it's great. It's a great show. And he's promised not to fuck them. He says he won't do it. <laughs> he says there are two things in his contract. He will not fuck on camera or do close-up magic. He does need to break, he does need to break at least one fat actor, though. <laughs> he needs to toss him around. He likes to juggle. You know, I, I mentioned hot dog casserole. They actually did that in the show. They They had them salute a Russian poem, which was just him reading the recipe for hot dog casserole. And... This seems like 
if you got these people to have like this reverent pride in what they were doing, that's hilarious. But no, they're all like giggling. Like, I guess we'll sit through this dumb poem. <laughs> like that's none of these pranks worked in any capacity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The vibe that they give, we'll get to the ones later. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that's exactly what happens over and over again. Every time they have a little prank, all the people are just giggling like, well, this is stupid. Like, yeah. Okay. What are we doing? Uh, so they put on a fake press conference now that they've selected who's going into space. And uh, they ask them all a bunch of questions. The best one, uh, they well, they ask a lot of like offensively comedic questions. Like somebody stands up and says, have you slept with a hooker or any of the EastEnders cast? Yeah. Yeah, you say that, that, is, that is genuinely the kind of questions you'd get from the Sun newspaper. So, okay, maybe I just don't know your culture, yeah, but that sucks. No, that, that is basically <laughs> British tabloid. Que- that, 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 it is unbelievably and scarily real, the questions they ask them. That's funny. I do like that they ask Carrie, they say, are any of you planning to have sex in space? And Carrie laughs and says, being the only girl, definitely, you know, definitely, yeah, Carrie. <laughs> yeah, definitely, the yeah. second, the second you found a horizontal space, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it in a bad way. I'm just saying this girl had a fucking mission, and it was not to see the stars. I'm gonna fucking space. Yep. So when somebody asks you, "Are you gonna fucking space?" You're like, "No, yeah, uh-huh. yeah." Uh, so somebody somebody finally stands up and uh, asks the big question: What do you plan on saying when you're the first British tourist in space? I do have that oh, clip. Neil Armstrong said, "One small step for men." One giant for mankind. What do you plan to say? <clears throat> One small step for reality TV. One giant leap for a Bristol boy. That was going to be mine. <laughs> Good on you, Paul. That's a good prank. That, like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. The thing that gets me about that clip is right at the very start is Paul that you can hear this little laugh of, <laughs> yeah, I got this. Yeah, I know. Just... <laughs> me and, and then me he says Billy that. have already debated this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> got a plan. You thought you'd catch me out. Uh, but at least he said something. They asked Charlie and Billy and Charlie, whose job it is to improv exactly this says, well, I don't know. Like, no, no ideas. Good <laughs> no. job. Good job, everybody. Charlie farts out. <laughs> so now we're getting into we're prepping for the launch right uh they have they have a problem in that they can't just have windows everywhere for them to look out because of this they need a very specific angle for them to look at this projection they need to control the conditions in which they look at the projection so it's only out through the front where the pilots are but they can't have them ruin the angle so what they come up with is a net <laughs> like you would use in a station wagon for an unruly dog. Uh, they just slap a net up between the pilots and the rest of the cast members. The physicality so. of these actors is so funny because anytime someone gets close to the net, they, they each, both of them, both of the pilot actors, put their hands up like like a mom coming to a red light too quickly. Like they, they, they just like physically can't resist like putting up their palms to stop them from getting any closer. And it cracked me up every time they did it. Because uh, of all the things they did to subtly give away the prank, like that, maybe none was worse than that. Like, don't get any closer. They tell them it's because they can't touch anybody. Make it a bit of perspex with some holes in, like you get in a taxi cab. 
Like, yeah. just make it look slightly better than a net you bought from a freaking garden centre. <laughs> <laughs> just the the shot that they have from the pilot's point of view, looking through this net at them in this tiny white room, it just couldn't be more clear that you've imprisoned these people. Like, <laughs> yeah. You are in you are in a man cage. You're in a human zoo. You're the exhibit. <laughs> this is there are problems the, with this that we're highlighting. The second I heard about the show, I was like, how are they gonna fake the liftoff? Like that's impossible to pull off. And I argue what they didn't because what yeah, they built right. like they built these 40X seats, right? Like a like a fancy movie theater seat to simulate a rocket to space. So they blast the speakers, like boom, we're rockets. And then the dumb one says, uh, feels like we haven't left the ground. <laughs> he says, Paul says, it's like we haven't even left the ground. Uh, I guess that's how smooth it is. Yeah. And then they keep talking about like how that felt like nothing. That yep. felt like nothing at all. Yeah, but and then fair, they- fair play to the American actor who's playing one of the astronauts who just goes, oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I really yeah. worked hard on that. Yeah, yeah, I must be the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I must just be the best. I'm freaking maverick I am. Good job. Like if you've if you've watched other space launches, like with with with. Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong, uh, and it seems really shaky. It's because those guys are chumps. They suck. <laughs> Don't know how to fly to the moon at all. Stupid well, what the fuck dicks. they're doing? When I do it, smooth as butter, baby. Uh. <laughs> I like it because it's so dull. They're, it's just people sitting in a box, and that's what they're feeling. So they're just kind of like looking at their feet while they're just blasting this triumphant, pumping music for the show. Like, like we're supposed to believe, like. They're entering the final frontier, but like they don't. We can see on their faces, this is boring. And then the actor, Charlie, like looks right in a camera and threatens to blackmail the show if they don't send his agent money. And I'm like, God, that's like almost a joke, but like do it. Fucking like, then something would happen. Everyone just wants their iPhone. And the speakers break, or just someone doesn't turn on the speakers, oh, so they yeah. have to do the launch twice. They have to pretend yes. the first time is just them taxiing, because the speakers don't come, but no one in the sound booth realises that, but the actors do. So the sound booth guys are continuing to go, yeah, launch in five, four, three, and the actors are going, no, 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 we've got a, a power failure here, we need to go and do stuff. Like, <laughs> if so they revealed at that point, you could arguably again. It's one of the many points you can go. You could, mm-hmm. you could end here. You could make it here, and it would be less bad. <laughs> you could yeah. just stop. We don't have to do ten full episodes of this. They also, <laughs> the actors don't get to see anything while they take off. I don't know if they just didn't want to render what it looks like leaving Earth. Uh, they, but yes. there's also yeah. a moth inside the studio, so <laughs> they couldn't show the Earth after they got to space. Until they got the moth out of the fucking studio. So, okay. So they, they're allowed to look out the front windows at this one very specific angle. And they're just about to do it. Like, okay, here's the moment we reveal space. And they can't do it because there's a moth. And if the moth lands, like, flies in front of the projector, it will look like there's a continent-sized <laughs> moth flying through space. That's the prank. <laughs> Mothra is attacking Earth. Only we can stop it. That's a fucking show. Yeah, again, would be a better ending than they actually came up with. Right. If you would, if that's how this reveal was, and they were like, what the fuck was that? Like, then just drop all the walls and be like, yeah, that's it. Go out on a high note. That's it. And you don't have to imprison them for five days in or, or this tiny shaking fully, box. Fully traumatize them. And once you do the Earth reveal and they've had their big moment, <laughs> just show nuclear bombs going off everywhere. <laughs> wonderful just the the slow horror no (laughs) let them witness the slow death of the earth beneath them and then pull them out and go yeah no it was a joke and your mum said we could do it to you then 
keep them for five days. <laughs> I just love how every little thing that they couldn't think of has just ruined everything. Like, yeah. So yeah, shit's going to get in front of the projector. I mean, yeah, but if you could putting, think of that, like, just, yeah, guys, be careful when you're opening doors, please. If you own a projector and you've yelled at a kid to be like, no, can you just, you can't walk in front of it, walk behind it. Like, you should have known this. You should have known any part of this. Uh, <laughs> so, we are now in space. They have to deal with space. They, I would argue this is the point, especially after that that takeoff, where... It is pretty firm, like, okay, something's up. This is not right. <laughs> yeah. Where they they truly, this does not feel like space. Uh, and they have to still go through it. They give them a tour of the two rooms they're allowed in, which are eight by eight. So it's six people in two prison cells for five days, <laughs> and they're going to shake the whole time. And they're very loud. Uh, Carrie says... Uh, it didn't feel like we were going up at all. Uh, it feels like we're in a car, which is basically what they're in on their little hydraulics that came from a Greyhound bus. Uh, Paul has another good point. I'm starting to come around on Paul as maybe like so stupid he's kind of brilliant. Because he says his point is, I didn't get that sense of like, whoop, in your stomach. Like right. when you're on a roller coaster and like you're lifted really quickly. And they do not have an answer for that. He also he also says like you know like when you're on an airplane and the air tastes a bit funny, uh, the air here tastes really normal, and it's like yeah no he's worked out that the air tastes normal and it doesn't taste like actually it's been recycled through through filters like fifty times. He's actually secretly brilliant, <laughs> just noticing almost specifically this scenario like calling. I love that the dumbest guy there is just nailing your ass to the floor day after day. Every day, you're like, fucking Paul. He's too smart to, like, think they've done this. Like, only a giant idiot would have done this prank, and he's not that stupid. They almost word for word say that. Yeah. Yeah, him and Billy, like, full on guess what's, like, word for word, guess what's happening. They're kind of joking around, but they're like, God, it'd be pretty funny if, like, we just did a shaking box this whole time. They say exactly this. Three hours into the journey, and out of nowhere, Paul and Billy once again inadvertently stumble upon the truth. Wouldn't it be a shit, sir, if someone was... We accidentally heard... Oi, mate, do you want a coffee? From right back. <laughs> we were going... Just yeah. pushing it like that. Yeah. We were, like, stood still, and someone was just going... And the whole country's... Oi, John, do you want a burger? <laughs> what? Oh, I open the shields, they've got like a space simulator, like a big screen, so it looks like we're in space, and someone throws a burger at the windscreen. Yeah. And ketchup goes flying. Whoa, what are the odds of that happening? So they guess it down to the projector. They yep. guess, they look out those windows and go, well, that's a projection. Yeah, yeah, well, this is an expensive movie theater seat we're in. <laughs> this is also foreshadowing for they can start hearing the crew outside of the, <laughs> outside of the shuttle. <laughs> so they've, they've guessed both of those things. Yep. Uh, what did he say? Three hours into the journey, <laughs> three hours into this five day space. God. And they're like, what if, wouldn't it be funny if we could hear people outside, which we can. And that was a projector, which it is. Do you want to stop? Do I have to stay here for five days? Well, the thing is, they haven't even seen that out the windows yet. And this is it. It's like they predict the actual scenario. But like, again, yeah, even Billy's like, no one is going to create such an incredible simulation that they would put three, four, four people like us through. So that's why they believe it. That's the only thing that keeps this prank going, because they guess every part of it. And then the, the, what they say at the end of every guess is, but what kind of asshole would do that? <laughs> yeah. 
That's the safety net. In their MREs, they had a they did a spotted dick dick gag, which I thought was yeah, I skipped uh, that super keen joke. You hack fucks. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped that because I, I I guess they would have to do that if you were if you were in like I don't know. I'm assuming the writers were eighty years old uh, yeah, for the show. They must have been. And they also did a like a pledge to the god of space, which is like a twelve minute setup to a Uranus punchline. So like real funny stuff, yep. like like uh, they knew that this might be a little slow, but they had a couple of good jokes to squeeze in. But I also that this is they are fundamentally hitting the problem, which is you've confined all of these people into two very small rooms, and once once you get out the moment they're going to yeah. have soon, which is revealing space to them. Exactly, you've got nothing else you can do. Well, Carrie like, figured out she is with them. all business. <laughs> I was kidding earlier when I called her the horniest, but like. As soon as uh, there was an opportunity, as soon as it's bedtime, she got paired up with Billy and she just went to work. She's like, hey, um, are they going to be able to hear us when we do it? Like, she's she knows it's a done deal. And <laughs> to his credit, he's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's totally soundproof, completely soundproof. Like, <laughs> good lad. He knows. He's like, the only answer there knew- is, oh, yeah, these walls are soundproof. Like, yeah, we're fine. I don't think he knew uh, before that moment. I don't yeah. think... Yeah, I think he was just rolling with it because she was just like a foregone conclusion. Like, yeah, we're going to do it. And he's like, um, well, of course, well, of yeah, course we are. Probably. But <laughs> yes, I was aware of this. Uh, uh, so. I think that's because deep down he, he sees himself as Paul's inferior. So actually, he just uh, he just assumes that if 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 anyone's going to get laid in space, it's definitely not going to be Charlie. Several but times, but it may well be Paul. Several times in his testimonials, he seems really worried about Paul outshining him, and that's so fucking funny <laughs> to me. Very funny. <laughs> the least remarkable man that's ever lived, that's ever gone to space. What I would describe as a yokel, a British yokel, yeah. with like just might as well have a bit of straw he's yeah. chewing on. I love him. I, like, would, I don't want to hurt his feelings if no, Paul's listening. He's my favorite out of this show. I <laughs> completely came around on him. And and like in his stupid way, he's obviously smarter than everybody that made this yep. show. <laughs> he's <laughs> but, the exact right kind of dumb. The kind of dumb that's only fun. And, you know, he's not going to join a cult. He's not going to like, you know, argue with people on Twitter. He's just he just doesn't draw get how shit works. A little and, bit of a bell end on yeah. your paper. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's going to he's going to swap your drinks around in the in the pub. Like that that is his level of of prank. <laughs> so so we get to the moment uh, where they do the reveal. They open the shutters and they they see the curve of the earth. And then we cut to everybody truly struggling to describe why this is important. I'll just <laughs> I'll go with Paul. Billy is like. Oh, it's like Columbus looking at the ocean, and but he sees a line, but the line curves like it do- it curves, but you could see it curve. And uh, uh, Paul is a little more elegant. I'm gonna play his clip. Uh, it's so hard to explain what I've just seen. I've just seen the whole Earth. I'll do my best. I've just seen the whole Earth, and the way I can describe it is, you know, when you're on a plane and you can see straight lines in front of you, either way. I've just seen it curve, and it was just. It's just the best thing I've ever seen. Um, and I'm just thrilled and I'm happy. I'm so proud that I'm, I'm lucky that I'm here. <laughs> says Should have said a very poet. dumb thing about an earnest moment and then gets really sweet about it. And then you, <laughs> and then you show it. Yep. Knowing this will make you look only like shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is that him and Billy get it. 
definitely get it. You hear mm-hmm. Billy whisper quietly in the background when they're doing it. If he just goes, this is so beautiful. And it's just yep. like, like this is this is the overview effect. It's the thing that astronauts get when they see Earth mm-hmm. from space, and and it's a known psychological thing where they kind of go, actually, the whole everything seems in, in like, small in comparison. We are to all one. Saying. Yeah. So it's like they did it to these people in an, in a simulator in Ipswich, which must be like crime number whatever the hell we're up to at this point. <laughs> yeah, they they really took the sense of wonder from these people. Like yeah. they'll never. The next time they see something this profound, they'll they won't trust it. These people can never enjoy Christmas, learning, <laughs> or holidays ever again in their lives. Or monkeys. Or monkeys. monkeys are wonderful. Space. In a way, all they really did because while the Carrie They're pissing and, in a uh, nappy, they can't Billy. piss happily in a nappy anymore. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> How dare they take that from anyone? <laughs> they they tricked two people into thinking they fucked in space and really did nothing else. Just for a few days, these people thought they fucked in space. <laughs> and because then it's, it's a simulator in Ipswich. No one, no yes. one should ever have sex in Ipswich. Like it, that would be pretty cool to tell somebody. Like, yeah, I had sex in space. It's not cool at all to tell somebody I had sex in a simulator in Ipswich. <laughs> I would the still tell them. I think that's an interesting story. <laughs> and they, I and thought they I was in space on national television. It's yeah. not going on your LinkedIn skills list. It's not. <laughs> so it's time to reveal the truth to the cadets who didn't make it to space. Uh and well the cast member who reveals it even at this point says, "Well, you all knew it." <laughs> Fortune was yeah. the reveal. And the first thing Sarah Jane says is, "That wasn't an actual tank." <laughs> <laughs> that tank was like if someone Dressed up like a powered wheelchair for Halloween. And it's like a, she's absolutely in, right. It was a self-propelled yeah. gun. Yeah. In her way, it's exactly right. I'll tell you what that tank is. Uh, at the Family Fun Center, they have a little ride where you can pay $5 to get in a go-kart with armor on it and shoot tennis balls at your friends. That's what that was. That's exactly what that was. Uh, they further go, she, the, the presenter goes on to tell them, like, well, some of your education wasn't true. And immediately Astrid says, like the dog. The one thing that was the true. one thing that was hundred percent true. Actually true. <laughs> and then they have to go. No, no, that tragedy was real. Setting up her trauma that- about the dog again. <laughs> That's the one thing she really wanted to not be true. And you're like, no, no, that die that that dog did die of heat stroke in space, uh, all alone. Just yeah, Jesus. relive that. <laughs> and they ask, uh, they ask, like, okay, who do you think the actors are? And everybody's like. Rainy, Steve, obviously, maybe Charlie, just instantly had, had yeah. all of it down. The only surprise, the only thing they're surprised about is that Steve wasn't acting about how horrific all of his injuries in life was. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, like, you got the guy with the detachable toenail. That was a good move. We would never would have suspected. They're like, yeah, the diarrhea. Oh no, the diarrhea was real. Like, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't he was an actor, but, but that was all real. Dead. <laughs> yeah, he's not doing great. Well, he, I, I noticed he was the only person that wasn't at the final thing where they have everyone uh-huh. back together again. So I don't even think he survived this far into the series. Yeah, he died from this. <laughs> Val made him do 40 push-ups in a day and he died. Yeah. I didn't watch the final credits, but I don't know yeah. if it has a bit right at the end that says, In Memoriam, Steve. Uh, yeah, it comes after In Memoriam, Like of the Dog, and then right underneath Steve. Steve, Steve spelled died Swallowing his gum <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she, the presenter reveals the prize that they're all that now they get to go to Russia for real and do a zero gravity flight 
And everybody just goes, uh, yeah, woo. Like it's the most down. Like why would why would they want to do this again? And then she's like, and you get five thousand pounds each. And then the celebration is a hundred times the, the the flight. Nobody's into fucking that. Why would you think they'd be into that after you made this a lie? It's it's an insane decision. Which, uh, which to be fair, is probably about two months' wages for most of them. Yeah, it's not a tremendous amount of money. When Sarah Jane, to the reveal, Sarah Jane has my favorite reaction. She says, I cried so much that it wasn't me up there, and now I'm just so happy that they don't get to go to space either. <laughs> what a monster! <laughs> She's pure vengeance at that point. She's yeah. like, yeah, what you did to me was awful. What you're doing to them is even worse, and I'm so happy about that. I'm so happy about it. she That's not a one-time thing where you say it and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. She reiterates it several times. Like, I genuinely, I'm very happy they are suffering instead of winning. Because I thought they won, and, I, and it wasn't me. And that, that just pissed me off. She's like, if I'm not going to get to go to space, the entire world should burn. <laughs> so Johnny Vaughn asked them if they had any suspicions and they're like, oh no, no suspicions at all. And then he, as part of the production company, shows them a super clip of all the times they actually did have suspicions <laughs> and called it out completely <laughs> correctly. It's so goddamn stupid. Like just They were trying to is, play along. Uh, yeah. It's all just so wrong. They gave you an out and you're like, no, no. Here are all the times that you had it right. Specifically, I'm gonna play Louise's. Because she guesses it down to the production company. Does it seem real? Because you can't see no. anything about other than the little space. Not it seems like yeah. they're not, they're yeah, not anywhere. They're normally you see the ship. Yeah, it's, the all, ship it's all fake. You see the set? You see, you see? How about that? Louise, Louis, you, you actually got closest to the truth. You knew that the production company that makes this, Zepatron, mm -hmm. um, made comedy shows, and twice you said, actually, it could be a hoax. Mm -hmm. what, what stopped you from sort of taking that final step and actually really calling someone's bluff and going, this is fake? What kind of made you...? I trust people. If someone tells me something, I trust it. And why should I? Why should I not believe what you're saying to me? Why should I think that everybody's, like, not real? Why okay. should I? And it I didn't was, want it. It was not... designed not to make you feel yeah. like that, and so I it's exactly right. And I didn't want it not to be. I wanted to be going to yeah. space. It was amazing. To, to be given the opportunity would be amazing. Yeah. And I wanted it to be real. <laughs> she, did. she just destroyed it. And never has, a, never has a presenter really wanted to walk back a question he has asked on live TV <laughs> more than Johnny Vaughan does in that moment. Yeah, yeah. we meant that. We did that on purpose. Uh, I trust people. You did a bad thing to a good person. <laughs> yeah. Like, the only reason, she reiterates, explains right there, the only reason uh, I didn't, I don't know, leap out a window at that point was I was like, well, I, I guess I would have to trust that nobody would fucking do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has to look her in the eye and be like, yeah, we designed it that way. Yep. And they, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's they the problem, took it from man. her. <laughs> down to the production company. She's like, sees the production company and is like, oh, I know these people. They make hoax shows. And they're like, oh, how did you guess it? Fucking idiots. <laughs> My God. <laughs> you, did, you did like fake calls, obfuscations. You went in and filed all the English off a sewage pipe and you didn't think to mask your production company. God, God damn it. <laughs> so another, uh, another thing happens where Ryan... At this point, while the show is airing, uh, Ryan realizes, uh, no, no, they realize that Ryan is in a commercial, like a blood drive commercial. Mm. And that tips everybody off to be like, okay, none of this is real. 
All right. of these people are actors. We're not believing any of this. So that was like the last thing they had <laughs> to test this yeah. show. They could legitimately at this point have pivoted and just paid them even more money to pretend that is exactly what they've been doing. And again, it would have been a better ending. That would have been way better if they had all been like, okay, well, really, it was on you. That's something. It's not great, but it's better than this. I just love that every disaster that can possibly happen truly did happen. There was a part that I think we maybe skipped over where um, they're in space and and the the captain has to kill time when something has gone terribly wrong. And he just starts vamping about his like pee pee and his childhood. He sings like Yankee doodle, Yankee doodle dandy for real. Like, like it's almost like a caricature of someone trying to burn time. I think the problem is you get to the point where Charlie and the two astronaut actors are so bored that yes. all they can do is what actors do, which is just start improving. And like, you just, you can't stop that from happening. Like I've got actor yeah, mates, like if you're in a kitchen at a party, that is going to happen after two, after two beers. Um, it just, it's, it's unavoidable and they hadn't calculated for that. Right. There's one more thing in my notes from that, 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 that car crash bit with the, uh, where they're revealing it to the people who didn't get through, which is just like it. I, I think it's Sarah again, who just keeps looking so annoyed all the way through it. Like she knows that all of her mates at home are going to be laughing at her. <laughs> yeah. Carrie says something later uh, after they do the final reveal with Carrie. Carrie says, like, when I first realized what we were going to space, I was like, this is going to be a great revenge on my ex. Like, I'm doing just fine. And now it's <laughs> oh. his, he's having revenge on me. So he's just going to laugh at me. Like, yeah, yep. I just made like the one thing that you were taking out of this. Now you're the joke. You're the joke again, Carrie. So we, for some reason, for some insane reason, Every disaster has possibly happened. You, your whole show is derailed by a fucking moth. You, but you decide we can escalate this, and they have Charlie pretend he has parasitic worms coming out of his ass, uh, which is just such a good bit. They give him a little stink bomb container and a plastic worm, and he runs behind, I guess, what's their, bath, well, their bathroom, which is just a little curtain in the corner, and nobody leaves the room as he emergency yeah. shits which there's an extra bit of horror to that because by this point they've been in that room for three days which means every time someone has had a shit in that toilet no one has left the room yeah <laughs> remember <laughs> way back at the beginning billy was like well space works differently on you like i'm just not gonna poop at all like you don't digest like the same because you don't have gravity helping you out like i'm just not gonna go at all so uh how'd that one work out billy you shit constantly didn't you <laughs> I thought you were going to play a clip of him shitting or something. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take the clips of all the super cut of all 800 times Billy shit in front of It really everybody. is a, about the same level of prank if they're just like, look, here's videos of all of you peeing. And it's just they play a 40-minute clip of all of them peeing over the course of five days. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's that's like, the level of complicated we are. I think by this point, though, they realize that they really do know they don't have a good landing for this. Mm -hmm. You know, it is just trauma now after the overview effect moments and everything else. So I think they're deliberately just keeping ramping up because they've got to get to a point where these three people will question it. But the problem 100%. is they've gaslit them so much, they're never going to question it. I mean, they question it all the time, but they can't commit because no. they 
because they've been abducted every time they guess it and it continues to go on. They're like, well, they wouldn't just kidnap me. Yes, they would. And did. Uh, did I tell that to tell you guys in the first show that I looked up uh, some of these actors and I found one whose headshots said multiple times that she was on this show, but she's actually smart. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> no. Like it's, it's on her headshot. She's like, okay, I was on space cadets. Uh, but I promise I'm smart. And that, like, she reworded that twice oh, on her no. headshots. I thought that was very funny. Um, Can I guess who it is? Was it Astrid? It was. It was her. Uh, <laughs> and that, because she was really mad on the show because she thinks of herself as a very smart person. And this is a, <laughs> it feels like a dumb thing to fall for. But I want to assure her, like, no one would see this as a prank for all the reasons we mentioned. That means she came out of this and went, you know what? I know that was an absolute shit show, but maybe, just maybe, I can spin this into a career as an actress. Yeah, she gave it a shot. But somebody kept every. It had to have happened when there's a warning on something. When there's a warning not to eat the silica packet, it's because somebody <laughs> ate the silica packet. So yeah. she showed up, and they were like, "You're too fucking stupid for our show." And she had to put on her resume. I'm actually not. Uh, <laughs> you might know me as the idiot from TV. I probably. <laughs> I uh, shouldn't have brought you that might. up. I shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> it's just another little hint of how their lives were at least partially ruined by this show yeah. long yep. term, where everybody knows that you're you're a gullible. You've been psychologically selected as an idiot and a mark. It's like, Astrid, when it says on your CV here that you say you've been to space, um, <laughs> is that Ipswich? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it is. Uh, so we're still escalating our antics. Uh, there's a bit in here about a funeral for a celebrity dog in Russia that I don't understand any part of. Like, I don't get why it was supposed to be funny. I don't yeah. get why the execution is funny. I think there's a bit of a thing you've got here, which is a British national psyche thing, which is, ha, 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 anyone, uh, basically anyone in Europe or anything like that, they're all just freaking weird. So you'd have TV shows that would be like, ah, oh, everyone's a bit weird abroad. Um, so I think it was trying to lean into that of kind of go like, well, of course the Russians would have some weird TV thing about dog funerals. Sure. It's like, yeah, yeah, I suppose it kind of makes sense, but it's still not funny. Yeah. yeah. This is post Borat. Like Borat kind of nailed it of like how people will just accept the dumbness of, and weirdness of foreigners. And this is such a, like a diet version of that to be yeah. like, yeah. What this does, the one thing this does accomplish is it makes Carrie fully believe none of this is real. Yep. Because she guesses the worst possible punchline. She's like, well, if this is all a joke, they're just going to drop the dog's ashes. Exactly. And then he drops the dog's yeah. ashes and she's like, and she, instead of laughing, she just turns to, to Billy and says, it's a joke. It's all a joke. This is <laughs> a setup. Setup. <laughs> Clocks it instantly. <laughs> Literally says, says, this is all a setup. It's a good joke. If it's not a joke, I'm really sorry, but I am sure it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they still don't end it at that point. They, they still try to stretch it out for a few more hours. You're like, guys, just this you is must a, have homes to go to. Sure. She's a woman who was a teenager like a year ago. She works yeah. as, as a college registrar. Her hobbies include hand stuff, and her untrained instincts put her a full step ahead of the casting crew with an unlimited budget. Specifically, comedy instincts. She yes. knew this is that would be such a hack punchline that it would ruin everything. <laughs> that can't be what happens. Yeah. If that happens, I don't believe any of this. And it happened. She was like, "Yep." There you go. <laughs> and she was right. Uh, even Paul's catching on, and he chases the ball every single time you pretend to throw it. <laughs> and it's so 
it's so heartbreaking like watching him go into denial about it and then come back out and like be reassured by Carrie. I did, of course, take that clip. I kind of feel like it's like not real. Something's weird. Everything's like fake. But it's not. <laughs> we are in space. I'm just even thinking, are we in space now? <laughs> Yeah, we were in space. <laughs> Come here, Car. Car, are we actually in space? <laughs> we are in space. Yeah, That's what I should have Yeah. We better be, or it'd be the worst gag ever. I did a load of push-ups for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> if I've done a load of push-ups and I've gone to space, I fucking get mad. <laughs> well, it'd be funniest fun thing. <laughs> if a man was going there with a... If a man was going there with a... So, you can't hear Carrie's part really well when he says, Carrie, we are in space, aren't we? She says, I don't know, I think we're in a bloody simulator that flicks up. Yep. And it's 100% correct. And then after she looks at Paul's face and his heartbreaking, she says, no, of course we are. Of course we're in yeah. space. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we are in space. And as he's just, his heart is breaking over this. What she says at the end is, they wouldn't go to all that trouble. It's like, it's like having a beloved pet put down in mm -hmm. front of you. It's just like, and again, you didn't have to show this. <laughs> it is so humiliating to the producers that, that this happened instantly to every single person you tried to prank um, on a show that anyone would have told you wouldn't work for a payoff that anyone would tell you isn't going to pay off uh, for a budget that anyone would tell you is too much money. <laughs> so they failed several more times. You won't believe that they keep failing, but they do fail several more times. As now that Paul has oiled the hamster wheel in his head, it's going. And he yeah. realizes, like, he talks to Charlie, sits him down and is like, Think about it. Tourists pay a million dollars to go to space and they get this. And he's like looking around windowless prison. And he's like, would they be happy about? No, they want to see. They want to sit in the big window. They want to look at the walls. Like, why would you pay a million dollars for this? And then he points over the wall. and He's like, I just drew on that. Would they let me draw on that? <laughs> he's, drawn, he's drawn dicks. on. You know, it's a dick. He's drawn dicks on the spacecraft. He thinks he's the, he thinks he's the first person to draw a dick in, in space, and I suspect he is genuinely proud of that and good for him. <laughs> but then he finally occurs to him: they wouldn't let me do that to the space shuttle. Yeah. Uh, he says all of this feels like a caravan uh, because he's right again. They got the hydraulics off a Greyhound bus. He's nailing them down to the hydraulics. Every part of their ass has been exposed. Billy and Carrie are listening Bumpy. to the walls and are saying. Is it the pipes or can you hear people laughing? And then Carrie says, I think I just heard a dog bark. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, like, you know, behind the scenes, someone's like, Fuck, who, got, who let the dog on set? Get the dog off set. <laughs> I'm telling you that the show would be good if that was the prank. If like suddenly the, the main screen lit up and there's a star monster there and he's like, humans, you've entered my sector. And you're like, okay, now this fucking I am rules. Like, I am like her. I did not die. I, I evolved. Did. Yes. Yes. Join Fantastic. me in the cosmos. But, and then... 
they still don't let them out. Like, now yes. you've escalated it, and you just, all of the actors commit, no matter how much you're like, that's fake. Like, I don't believe this. Just yep. keep, let them lose their mind in captivity as they realize they've been well, kidnapped no, by like, maniacs. You can amalgamate that with my nuclear idea. Space Lyca, then in revenge, destroys Earth. And you only end yes. the show when they run out of food on the shuttle. Yes. <laughs> you have the actors put in black uh, uh, eye, eye, eyes, and then they just start barking at the, 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 <laughs> the contestants. They have to, uh, the, the, one by one, like, jettison the actors out of the airlock. Uh, and then so hear, the bark, hear their distance barking in space. Yes. Like, that's what you hear in the walls. Yes. I'm that's such a He's funny still prank. barking out there. They could fucking figure it out. It, they would just go along with it. Just in a haunted house. They're having fun. <laughs> Which you could do if this whole series had been filmed over the course of about five days, not 20. Because it wouldn't be psychological torture at that point. You could do it. Yep. There is a good show been, lurking in this. It's just not this one. Yeah. I've been in escape rooms far more interesting than this. Than yeah. just, just This is... <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's something to do. It wasn't a blank cell. Yeah, exactly. You had to sit for five days and then you're like, okay, well, here's the key. But yeah, I know. All right. Uh, so I think, I think Gareth has nailed exactly the producer's panic at this point where they realize there's no way they don't come across looking like shitheads. So they mm -hmm. are now just letting the failures cascade and they show them all a super clip of all the times once again that yeah. they have guessed once every more. single part of this reveal. This takes 100% of the punch out of the reveal if you were to make this a good TV show. But I guess in the immediate, like, following minutes, it would probably help to prevent, let's say, Paul from just raging through the set like a loose chimp. Just, like, tearing <laughs> everything apart. Because you're letting him down very gently over a period of about a half hour, which sucks to watch, but I get it. I get you didn't want him to fight Johnny Vaughn right there. Also, also, as an editing tip, again, you don't have to show us the full half hour of you letting them down. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have Agreed. to. They were so desperate for footage that why would you include all of this? And they get such, once they do the reveal, they get such wonderful reactions as Carrie saying, I'm angry. I want to go home now. I'm so pissed off. And Paul <laughs> saying, I want to be an astronaut. Well, at least I want some money. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it like i think it's i think it's carrie who says it but like it's like johnny vaughn's like do you feel your lives are richer for it and she just says like well i know how it feels to be gutted and to be rejected and you're just like oh my <laughs> god but don't worry you can buy your mid-sized sedan now except you can't because yeah. everyone's gonna steal your money <laughs> and johnny Again, like sits there and brags to them over and over again about how much prep they did, about how they filed the English off of that pipe yeah. and how they went and bought actual Russian litter. Great. Like they're going to be impressed by all of this and they're not. They're absolutely not. He once again asks them to guess the actors and they once again say, uh, yeah, it was Rainy. It was Charlie. Uh, Steve, nobody probably did any of that shit. There's a bit where they get the family for those three on. And like, there's there's a moment in it where um, Paul's mum, I think, says, um, says like, oh well, he'll be fine with this because he likes to play tricks on people too. And Johnny jumps on it instantly. He's like, how mean are his tricks? And you're like, Johnny, you're you're no, you're just giving the you know, Johnny, you're not meant to say that bit out loud. <laughs> Is there anything? Can we make him out to be the bad guy? It's yeah, a little please, late. Please. Oh, we there was a, a part where Paul figured it out again uh, because they keep making them weigh themselves as if they're like 
doing science in space. And Paul's like, why the fuck did they give us a weight scale that doesn't work in space? Because the, their dumb thing is shaking so much that they can't balance it. And I just thought that was really funny that every every bit of his dumbness like like broke the broke the illusion. Paul, <laughs> Paul is a child so of pure, beautiful innocence. Yes. That is what he there is. There is something to me that's so intriguing about a stupid detective that's yeah. actually really good at his job. Like yeah. I would watch a show about Paul figuring out mysteries as a dope. Yes. Yeah, I would love to watch that. that is I would love to watch Idiot idea. Sherlock Holmes. He wouldn't even know he was a detective. Like, that's how they do the show. It's like they wouldn't <laughs> tell him he was a detective. That's the man who knew too little. That's a very underrated Bill Murray movie. <laughs> that's true. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just independently invented. <laughs> okay. Paul is Britain's Bill Murray. <laughs> I guess I'll just go watch that again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Uh, look, let's all go watch that. I do love the, as you, as Gareth explained, the overview effect when they, they went back to reflect on the moment when they saw the earth and like it was so moving to them. They wrote down their feelings and Johnny points out that Billy said uh, he couldn't imagine any war going on down there. And he said like Buzz Aldrin word for word said the same thing when he saw the earth from the moon. And like you've arrived at this same moment independently. Only yours was fake. <laughs> and just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he asked them, okay, knowing the truth, are you all still glad you've gone to space? And Billy says, yeah, 25 grand. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. That's re- yeah, the reaction he gets. The real reaction he gets. Uh, and, and fucking, and Johnny, oh, Johnny, uh, he tries to sell them. Uh, well, let me, let me warn you, first of all, uh, there's a little bit that happens after this moment. So... If you want to talk about anything in the show that happens after the moment where Johnny tries to sell them on how this was all actually a good thing for them, <laughs> uh, I would like to go out on that. So is there anything you want to cover that we haven't so far? Oh, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to skip some. I have thousands of words of notes, but it's just not worth it. Okay. <laughs> oh, there, there was a whole bunch of stuff about UFOs that they could have done and they didn't. But yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> You'll never believe it. That was also... Their reflections on this show. I have so many notes and none of it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think one thing I want to make clear is that the show is constantly bragging about like all the details they put in all the production. We've made, we've made mention of this, but around this time, one of them said like it took 48 computers to generate the image of the earth. And I'm just like, what are you fucking talking about? Like you're not projecting that? Like you, you, you've, you've daisy chained 48 computers together to, to, to real time generate an entire planet. Just a way you're doing that it's just <laughs> it's so it's so weird and further they do not give a shit when he tells them that nobody yes. gives a shit about any part of this reveal he's not getting anything he wants but they, they also so get desperate. they guess also get all the other contestants to quietly go into the cabin to see the view themselves and at least yeah. half of those other contestants instantly believe it's real including astrid who i don't know if you heard it uh, i got it in my notes here you can hear her quietly say in the background oh my god this feels so real real you can hear the wind and i'm like there's no wind <laughs> uh-huh. in space astrid space uh-huh. wind space wind <laughs> that thing i said about space wind i'm actually really smart <laughs> <laughs> all right so johnny has the fucking nerve you know he was prompted by the producers to try to convince them it was all a good thing i do have this clip, which I think is the, the dumbest and most desperate thing I've ever heard a TV host say. You'll know some things we never know. They say kind of reality is in the mind anyway. Yeah. Some people say it's only on television. 
But do you know what? You've actually gone through things that we'll never experience here. Because you actually believed you're going to yeah. space. Yeah. Now, uh, so what you like about it, uh, 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 it's an illusion, it's fake. But at the time, you've known what it's like to believe you're looking at the Earth from a space shuttle. I'll never have that. Yeah. And anyone who ever normally goes into a simulator knowing they're going to a simulator never has that. Yeah. But you've actually had that experience. You've actually looked at the Earth and felt those things. And... and well, thanks for a good time, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just cut you off, you fucking asshole. <laughs> well, thanks for... Paul says, well, thanks for a good time, yeah. anyway. Like, I... Gareth, you're, you're British. Does that mean fuck you? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> essentially Paul... Paul very heavily hinting that Johnny is not making it out parking lot here. <laughs> yeah. Go fuck yourself is what that means. I, I Some things are just cross-cultural. Got that instantly. Mm-hmm. He tries to convince them... Because you believed a lie, that's actually a very special thing that we've done for you as a favor. And, like, feel bad for me, the man who tricked you, because I won't have that. I won't have the special moment of being lied to. You understand, of course. It's like when I told my wife, yes, of course I have two other families I've started. (laughs) But, like, the, the one I started with you was special. You thought it was real. You thought I was a man. Named Hank Aaron, after the baseball player. <laughs> the the only the only reason they get away with this is this entire show is because Labradors can't hire lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only reason is they all tried to go hire lawyers and they were all those scam lawyers. <laughs> yes. Lionel lawyers in different wigs. Law- yeah, lawyers <laughs> contacted them and took all of their money. After this show. That was the first thing they did. Hi, I'm a lawyer. My <laughs> fee happens to be exactly £25,000. <laughs> I specialise in space law. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. It's a podcast canal. Und mit maximalen Schau. Doc Frankfurt podcast. Correct. The Supremes were city-smart kids grifting their way off the street until they were framed for a crime they didn't commit. One 900 hot dog mounted an appeal to put them back on the street, this time in business casual as a private mercenary force. Together they are Hot Dog and Supremes. Starring Aaron Croston, Adrian H., Aiden Moat, Alpha Scientist Javo, Unandy, Armando Nava, with special guest star Badger as Bone, Bony Sam Sampson, Benjamin Cyrannan, Bim Talzer, Brendan Garlock, Burrito, Cyril, Chase, Clementine Danger, featuring Craig Lemoyne and Quavis as the Rappin' Quakers, Dan B, David Schull, Dean Costello, Devin the Rogue Supreme, The role of Naked President is played by Drayson. Dusty's rad title, Eric Rion is the Master Ninja. Every Zig, Fancy Shark, Gareth is the Master of Ninjas. Jellahoe, Greg Cunningham, Hambone, 
Haraka is Ninja Master 9000. Harvey Penguini, Hot Fart. Hawk, Jaber Al Aiden. James Boyd as Corrupt Politician. James Boyd. Jeff Oreski, Jim Salter. John Dean. John McCammon. John Minkoff. Joseph Searles as himself. Josh S. Joshua Graves. Justin B. as Typhoid Urchin number six. Ken Paisley. K&M. Kyle Campbell as Urchin Master 9000. Lisa M. Jahi Chappelle. Featuring the musical talents of MC Mark Toronto Mac Mahoney. Matt Riley. Max Baroy. Michael Lair. With special guest star Mickey Loman as The Knife Boy. Mike Styles, Moju. The role of Mr. Bob Gray will be played tonight by Mr. T in Unoffensive Wig. ND. Neil Bailey is Corpulent Louisiana Conman number 17. Neil Schaefer, Neku 104, Nick Ralston, Ozzy Olin, Patrick Herbst, Rachel. Rhiannon is Corpulent Louisiana Conman Master 9000. Sarkovsky, Sean Chase, Spotty Reception, Supernaut. Featuring Tan Tan the Murderous Orangutan. Ted H, Thomas Kabatsos, Timmy Leahy, Tommy G. Toasty God plays Judge Rajum McBlaster. Velo plays Dr. Blast McRajum. Booster plays Professor Stevenson. Waylon Russell, Yanis Ionitis, with special guest star Brian Saylor as the Street Pope. I'm afraid it's your world against mine, Mr. T, and who are they gonna believe? Some convicted felon? Or the man who blesses the rats? <laughs> Hot Dog and Supreme!